for the last four years, you came to this podcast to get your needs met, to be fulfilled, to get a pro wrestling, pop culture, and that oh so naughty feeling tingled inside with a little bit of grass sprinkled on top. Now it's time for your hosts, Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn. You are tuned in to the IndyCast. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndyCast. Chet Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero all here with you. Uh, hot takes kind of episode today. Uh, honey, it's like your your uh, your view show that you watch in the morning. Uh, we're going to do a hot takes episode. Uh, talk about some of the news that's out there. Uh, Zach, how are you doing today, by the way? Just fine, just fine. Yeah, we all took our ginkgo today because this is an unusually focused episode right? of the IndyCast. <laughs> very, very streamlined. Anyway, hopefully everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, if you're listening to us and did not go listen to the Golden Guys yet, please go listen to the Golden Guys episode. Uh, True. And True. Uh, hopefully you're all not passed out still from tryptophan poisoning. But uh, I have to say Thanksgiving went great. I manned the, uh... You manned the nothing. What are you... Right in front of the TV football yeah. watching. I nice. held it down with That's spiked a... eggnog. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Shelly didn't do dick while I... <laughs> while I had a panic attack at about three to try to make sure everything else made it in and out of the, the oven properly. So... I came in once the crisis was over. Right. And, made, and managed the aftercare. That's, that's right. That's what I came with. Uh, our Thanksgiving was spent at a local uh, restaurant that <laughs> served uh, only old people and us. <laughs> so it was like having Thanksgiving in a nursing home. It was it was a lot of fun. Well, Delightful. Well, damn it, Zach Romero. Next time you go, you guys are just going out to the old people restaurant. Give us a call. We would have easily found you chairs. We, we appreciate that. We appreciate that. Um, when I was served my uh, prime rib. The waitress was like, ooh, that looks a little raw. You sure you don't want me to take that back? And I was like, if I die here, it's not going to make much difference. So, <laughs> No one will be shocked. And, and prime rib is supposed to be a little raw, in my opinion. That's, uh, you're yeah, supposed sir. to just cut it barely off the cow and like walk it by a warm room. I was going to say, we'll do, a, we'll do a cooking episode someday where we can really delve into your expertise as well as mine, which is... Mostly Hot Pockets. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless, so, uh, the first thing we want to talk about here on our very, very focused Hot Takes episode <laughs> is uh, this recent week in wrestling Twitter shitting its pants. Um, or, as I'm calling this specifically and ripping it off of uh, the YouTube show, Even More News, uh, maybe the system's broken? Yeah. That's kind of how I'm, that's how I'm presenting it here. So just to sort of do a quick, I want to do like a quick uh, uh, timeline of events. Please. So uh, initially what caused wrestling Twitter to shit its pants was a, uh, a younger wrestler in the state of Florida, a friend of the IndyCast. Uh, they posted an example where they were offered a $40 booking uh, four states away. And uh, this wrestler basically turned it down. And, you know, it was sort of presented as like a, that wouldn't even really cover trans or realistically work financially for this wrestler situation. And so mm, it was a sort of showcase to the world. Uh, from there, 
it then became uh, successful wrestlers and veterans uh, complained that young wrestlers are entitled babies and are asking for more money, which then turned into a gritty veteran pissing contest on who did more for less pay back when they were first starting out. And then my favorite part is the conversation then mutated away from that debate on, you know, knowing your worth versus paying your dues. And then it went down the side street and became, you know what the real problem is? It's the fans out there that don't buy merch or stream shows illegally. Those are the ones who are stealing money from the promoters, and that's why promoters don't pay wrestlers enough. So that was sort of the, like, four-act play that, that went through Twitter and then spilled onto Facebook, and there's been debating ever since. And so I'm actually, um, to be perfectly honest, I'm exhausted by this whole... It's only Tuesday, and I'm exhausted by this whole thing because I've gotten into so many arguments about it. That being said, I am super curious to hear your thoughts, Alan family. And I'm going into this thinking, this isn't really great for radio because I'm pretty sure we're all on the same page. I don't think anybody's playing devil's advocate here and being like, yeah, they're snowflakes, but I could be wrong. So please, 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 I want to hear your thoughts on this whole situation. Let's just start with the debate of knowing your value versus paying your dues. Um, I personally have no issue with um, said wrestler. Um, and, and actually, the funny part is, the original story wasn't even about the wrestler who made the tweet. It was about someone that wrestler is friends and or dating. Mm-hmm. Which is, so that's the funny part is that this is even like, a, you know, a six degrees of Kevin Bacon type deal anyway <laughs> that started this all up. Um, if you get an offer for any job and you don't feel that job is paying you enough and you turn that job down for that reason, I don't see the problem here. That's mm-hmm. up to that individual talent to decide, like you said, what they're worth and if they're willing to make that drive. Now, that being said, wrestling is one of those weird industries where you do need to kind of sometimes get your name out there and, you know, from what we've seen, take some real shit paydays or no paydays or the proverbial, uh, you know, hot dog and a handshake um, to sometimes get your name out there. This particular person apparently didn't feel like they wanted to take the, the hot dog and the handshake and was more willing to find another gig elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So what? Um, and I, I don't think this has anything to do necessarily with, you know, I, I love how it immediately became a paying dues situation, which. Well, and, and just to back up a second, Chad, you're absolutely right. This wasn't originally posted as like a, Hey, Hey, I'm standing on my soapbox. Right. And I'm, and I'm shouting to the heavens. I refuse to take $40. Right. It was just sort of like a slice of life. Like, eh, it didn't make sense for us to make that trip, so we didn't make that trip. Right. But then suddenly mutated and sprouted legs and became a, how dare these young kids today? Right. And that sort of became the new narrative. Um, so, just to give a non-nerd boy answer, uh, just say, uh, as someone who's a little less entrenched, 
True. Um, who's also a woman. Like, I think she goes through a different experience that being newer and in this generation. Yeah. I bet, I bet some of the super veterans were like, nah, man, I did it in the snow and 30 under, you know, zero weather, whatever. They're going to give you a really sob story about some hardship that they did. I'm saying that if you don't want to pay your dues, no one's going to sweat you. If you don't want to, don't. Uh-huh. This is, you're an independent contractor. Don't. But there are great promotions going on that have to be at lower at lower cost. So you're not going to get your name in certain places. That's not saying you can't figure it out and get on. It's just saying that it's not a real good luck. And I think that sometimes we all have to be cognizant of like regional wrestling was a thing. Because wrestlers couldn't go that far. And so you had to decide when it was your time to break out of your geographical area and move over. I don't know. I understand how some people might expect you to do the drive. I'm just saying there's a new game now. I know that the the newer crop of lady wrestlers are doing way better on, on social media. So I think they're finding a way of balancing this where they can still make a fair amount of money in gigs without having to do as many drives. Well, that's true. But again, you got to remember, though, the the person that turned this down wasn't the female wrestler. It was the female wrestler's boyfriend, who was also a wrestler. So, I mean, the, taking the, the female aspect out of it completely, I, like I said, I, I think it's just a matter of how far are you willing to go for, for how little money to try to get that, that quote unquote exposure, you I, know, and I, that's, and, and I don't know what company this was in North Carolina that they were talking about. Now, mind you, there are some, I'm sure some backwoods hick hillbilly companies out there that will draw 20 people and are willing to, to pay this particular wrestler, the 40 bucks to, to drive all the way in to do this. There are also a couple of really big independent companies that are starting to really make a name for themselves that maybe, depending if it's, if it was one of those companies, well, yeah, you might ultimately take a hit, but maybe getting making that drive and getting that interest would have been worth it. But ultimately, the decision has to be made by the wrestler who is being contacted about the booking and nobody right. else. So if that person feels that, hey, listen, yeah, you know, it'd be great to wrestle for this company, but I can't take it for this amount. I mean, like 40 bucks, if, if the, you know, it was like 40 bucks and trans, mm-hmm. okay, then maybe there's something more to be said about it. But just 40 bucks flat, 45 bucks, I guess, I guess there was a $5 counter offer that was thrown in there later. If that still just isn't worth it to the, to the talent. Right, because well, the, the talent it should barely cover gas. It definitely doesn't cover any kind of like, you know, you'd be sleeping in your car if you slept at all. Right. right. So it just didn't make sense at the time. Right. Now, what's interesting about all this is I completely agree with Shelley's point. And looking back now, like I said, I have been absolutely entrenched in this debate and all of its weird offspring for the last 48 hours. And it's just toxic at this point. Shelly's point is absolutely on par. Like, hey, basically, yeah, I get that it was harder back then. You're independent contractors. Take it or don't. And that's the end of it. You know, there's consequences to each. 
that really is the end of the discussion. Right. And you're completely on point with that, and I, and I don't even have an argument against that. However, much as the internet, it, that that didn't stay the conversation. And suddenly we started jumping into these other things, and that's what really kind of got me heated about it. I know it got a lot of other people heated about it. Because the idea of, and I'm actually, I, I quoted the people on Twitter that I'm stealing this from, um, at Ensonisan, A-N-S-O-N-I-I-S-A-N, uh, posted that, you know, the, the issue with the pay your dues model is basically it's, okay, kid, you're in wrestling, pay your dues, which means work for little or nothing. Okay, that's fine, I'm willing to do that. So you start do, paying your dues, quote-unquote, you're working for hot dog and a handshake or little or nothing. Then it's suddenly, uh, well, this asshole over here is taking people's spot for working for so cheap. And now it's like, okay, so where do I win then? Right. There, we, is, there is no winning. Like, this is a chicken and egg conversation. There's no winning here. You, everybody right. has to make, everyone has to decide what they are t- what is valuable to them. Right. My time is valuable to me. To someone else, it could be something else. Some people need the experience. Maybe they know that they came out of training and they're not ready yet. Or their gimmick is like, oh, I got to test this out a little bit. But... Other people can come in and go, I got a clear idea. I know where I'm going. This is what I think my time is worth, or this is how far I can travel for this. I think the problem is we get one side of this conversation kind of offhand. It's not Uh like, it wasn't like, oh, hey, we negotiated a little bit and it seemed like we weren't going to get anywhere here. Right. We we didn't have this, you know, it just didn't work for us. It was a pretty offhand comment. I feel bad that a, a huge firestorm happens afterwards that really doesn't make sense to me. Like we don't have to delve into every other issue based on this woman's statement. Like whatever. If if you want to be angry about kids not taking, you know, more time to, to do more, you know, grunt work, I promise you your school will have other kids. Well, and the funny part is lately nowadays, this is the other funny part though is, Finding, and I noticed this at an independent show I went to this past weekend, um, that finding the people to do the grunt work portion of it, the setting up and taking down of the ring, uh, you know, among other things, is actually, from what I've seen at least over the last couple of shows I've been to, easier and easier to find. Most people are more than willing to pitch in at the end of a show to get stuff taken down or to put stuff up as needed. You know, and that's always been a big part of paying your dues. That I see all the time. Mm-hmm. But that's not all, of, you know, like I said, that's not all of it, though. I mean, if you really well, want a talent on, on your show and you're interested in having them, that talent gets to set what their what their worth is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, and that's... Well, Chad, you bring up an excellent point. There was sort of a, again, Shelly, you're right, that the end of the discussion is, is should have been where it ended, but it became a shitstorm. Um, and one of the big debates that that branched out of it was like, well, what does paying your dues in 2018 need to mean? Right. And right. so there were definitely people of what you just mentioned were like, well, paying your dues is helping set up the ring, doing sound, doing camera work, being a grunt. That is paying your dues. Paying your dues does not necessarily need to mean... If I suffered when I was training, you have to suffer too. Which, by the way, I'm stealing that from uh, at Jem uh, Inix on uh, on Twitter. That like the some of the vets were coming at this as like a, hey, I had to do like we said before. I had to 
wrestle both ways in the snow and blah, 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 blah. Right. I didn't get paid anything for it. And you have to do the same thing. And that was one thing that really sort of poked at me was the idea that, and again, now, now that we're all talking about it in the open, now I'm like, oh, I really just should have shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> the, uh, no, one thing that really irked me was this idea that, you know, well, promoters are doing everything that they can. And uh, if it's not good enough for you, then you're ungrateful and blah, blah, blah. And there's a couple of issues that I have with that. Number one, six months ago, another wrestler who was a uh, f- friend of the IndyCast posted an open call for, I want to hear the sleaziest thing that a promoter ever told you mm-hmm. to guilt you into a, into a book, into a booking. And everyone from top to bottom had horror stories to tell. Oh, uh, this guy promised me this and did this. He said that if I didn't do this, his family would die. You know, like just just obscene examples of promoters not being on the up and up. And personally, I have seen certain promotions where they weren't necessarily on the up and up. Or they were trying to cut corners to pay guys less than they had to. So, that's the perspective I'm coming from in this well, the wrestlers should all have each other's backs because you it's us versus them, you know, wrestlers versus promoters, and that doesn't necessarily seem to be the case. It's more of a, well, you know what, we're all trying to get hired, so either take the booking or don't. Or in the case where everyone was yelling at each other online, it was, oh, these damn kids today, you know, it's an unpaid internship essentially, so deal with it until you're good which I don't agree with. And like, right. like well, so to come back around, I feel like paying your dues doesn't necessarily mean having to suffer or have to deal with like maximum difficulty. It can be help out, help your fellow man, help the production as you learn, maybe not take hot dog and handshake if you don't have to. Right. I think ultimately the disillusionment that we're, we're under is that uh, industries that have apprenticeships, um, so things like carpentry, stuff like that. You learn from someone else. They teach you right. their skills. And in kind, you work for them until you are of a master level. That's what I think of in wrestling schools. Like, that's uh-huh. my job. I give you money so you can train me to be a better wrestler. But then once I have essentially graduated, everything from that point doesn't have to be apprentice grunt work. So I think is when do you when do you step out and say, I, I'm I'm good enough, and that is every wrestler's decision. Right. So right. But but ultimately though, sometimes that can be oddly almost a fan's decision too, because it's ultimately a, it's it's kind of the crossover point to person that's on the show just to to get noticed to person who's actually selling tickets Mm -hmm. like who you know who recently have you gone to on the independent scene and actually said i'm here's my here's my money i'm paying to see this person Mm -hmm. like and and i think it's at at that point when when you know you're starting to really get a following and sell tickets that you definitely have the right to go no 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 I, i can't accept a hot dog and a handshake anymore right. because this is my worth. This is what I, what I bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, you know, but I, it's, it, you know, it's not like there's some sort of, you know, PowerPoint presentation that they can use to really show that a lot of times. So, 
It's hard. It's about selling points. I just think, I think we get into this huge debate because some of us are, I think of the, um, kind of like the sorority mentality, like I got hazed, so everyone else should get hazed. Hazed, right. Right. But at some point we have to go, no, that's not necessary. Right. Like at some point it's just too much. So like, that's, I guess that's the growing pains we're in. I think as the digital age takes off and more, more ways for our people to cross promote themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that the, how much you have to do the grunt work BS shows stop happening. Right. So I don't know. It's a new game. Catch up. Right. I just feel like there's a lot of guys out there who are like, I don't know how to work my cell phone either. Like right. I'm, I'm not the, there. I will state for the record though. I do agree with um, a couple things I did see online. I think actually in one of Zach's threads on Facebook, uh, a friend of the IndieCast uh, uh-huh. uh, had stated that um, he makes sure that wrestling is not his full-time profession, but he makes about 45% of his income from wrestling. Okay. But that if if you, the, the promoter isn't going to make the pay that you want, then you need to find ways to offset it like merchandise. And that's kind of where I'll help Zach segue into what, what else he was kind of talking about online as well mm-hmm. is that um, what you do to, to better improve your situation on your own makes just as much of a difference as what the promoter, if not more than what the, than what yes. the promoter is going to pay you. And right. I, and I learned this weekend actually um, by uh, a wrestler that I saw at the Tampa Bay pro show. I went to had the most, eclectic merch table I have ever seen in quite a while next to the Jim Nasty Boys who just sell, like, <laughs> random shit that they've bought at, like... Yeah, the Jim Nasty Boys basically have a garage sale. Right. And I'm dazzled but, by them. But actually, you know what? I'll even, I'll even put the guy over here because I know I'm trying to get him on the show, too. Um, Technical Alchemist David Mercury. Have you seen his merch table? I have not. I, I love, love David Mercury, Mercury but, but I have not seen his merch table. Yet. His merchandise table, when when we got up to it, sure he's got eight by tens and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But he, um, for those that have not seen the technical alchemist David Mercury, first off, look him up. Um, but he's definitely running like this great mad scientist kind of setup now, mm-hmm. uh, and it's absolutely amazing. And he's you can tell he's bought all in on it, and it's wonderful. Yeah. He sells. Um, Goggles that look like the goggles that he uh, wears to ringside. He sells um, little like uh, test tubes with uh, like little drinks in them that that he can he can sell for that. He's got little uh, beakers that are full of uh, like you know the slime that the kids love with like little skeletons inside it. Uh, he actually even has, and this is how I know it's good. He got my daughter to want to buy one, and she was scared of him last show. But yeah, I was just going to say, I saw you post about that, that, like, oh, Cheyenne loved David Mercury. I was like, Cheyenne almost shit her pants at David Mercury. Scared to death of him last show. I thought she was going to have a moment this show, and Chad was like, nope. Nope. No, she completely turned out, she completely did a 180. Now she was, she was cheering for him like it was Hogan in 84. It was amazing. <laughs> and he's, and he's, and he's the champ of Tampa Bay Pro, but he's definitely yeah. the bad guy still. But Cheyenne did not care. She was yelling for Mr. Science while holding on to, and this is the part I love, um, a stress ball kind of situation that looks like him. It's a a little character with the goggles and the lab coat 
and everything, and it was the greatest little piece of merchandise I've ever seen. And she's and, played with it. And she's been for carrying, two days. Right. She's been carrying it around for two days. And I mean, I don't know how much merchandise he sold that evening or how it went for him all in all, but I can tell you he made like seven bucks off of me for for that, you know, <laughs> that little thing there. And that little bit makes the difference sometimes in, in between what could be just, you know, a hot dog and a handshake show and walking out with good money if you can catch people's interest like that. So I think we're all preaching to the choir of that having good merch. By the way, go to fullygimmick.com for all of your merchandise needs. That's fullygimmick.com. So I just have to say, I think we all know. Yeah. So, well, well, one of the things that I saw today in, in the great discussion, because you guys are absolutely right, the, the, of all the hurt feelings and anger and, and arguing and back and forth and blah, 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 basically what I walked away with was kind of a new philosophy when it comes to like wrestlers making the drives and things like that, which was for whatever litany of reasons, be it the promoter stingy, be it the budget small, but you know, whatever, or, or it's not your time yet to ask for big money for whatever the reason, don't put all of your eggs in the basket. That is the white envelope at the end of the night, right? Do what you can to either offset or trim up your costs of getting there and merchandise the shit out of yourself. Yeah. And and even even another friend of of uh, fully gimmicked and, and the IndyCast even brought up a point of, well, you know, I have merchandise. People don't buy merchandise sometimes. That's perfectly fine. I get that. But as you just pointed out with David Mercury, if if you're having a difficult time in selling merch, try new things. Right. You know, just going with shirts isn't for everybody. Right. Maybe you got to sell wooden birdhouses or whatever the case may be. There are options out there and there are ways to kind of reinvent the wheel. As a matter of fact, one of the discussions that broke out was the concept of if you are just starting out and you have merchandise needs and you cannot afford t-shirts yet, a perfect kind of get rich quick option is invest in a new Polaroid camera. They're spitting them out like like they're nothing now. You can get one on Amazon for, for not that much money. And you offer personalized Polaroids for five bucks. So someone comes up, they give you five dollars, you take a picture with them right there with the Polaroid, you autograph the back, now it's a tangible autograph item for five bucks, and it's not costing you hardly anything. Right. So something like that is like an outside-the-box sort of idea if you're just starting out and you can't go, well, I'm going to go hog wild with t-shirts or whatever the case may be. Right. So, yeah, that's ultimately, if there was one silver lining out of this whole shit show, it's that I have kind of come to a new realization in that front of, like, look, whether, you know, promoters are all sweet, wonderful angel babies who are doing the best they can, and sometimes, magically, they just don't have a lot of money to give people, or if they are scummy, or anywhere in between... Don't just rely on the white envelope. Go, all right, what else am I doing to supplement income here so that I'm not left hanging when the day is done? Right. True. Well, let's hope everybody takes that to heart. That's the, the biggest hope on this one. So, uh, okay, now I speak for everybody when I say, please, for the love of Christ, let's move on. I'm tired of talking about this. I don't want to ever talk about wage stuff again. I'm skipping over my whole manifesto about how, like, workplace... Not talking about what you make only benefits, 
your employer. It doesn't actually benefit the employees to not talk about what you make. I'm skipping all of that. I'm skipping the, the Marxist shit. It's all going good. Bye-bye. We're not talking about that anymore. Let's move on to something else. Well, here, let me, let me segue you on the, uh, on a silver lining scenario here. So, uh, there is possibly a silver lining for those of you that think that the WWE needs to have uh, competition in, uh, and I know Shelly's a big proponent of that one, of um, mm-hmm. it, it looks like that the stars are aligning for uh, all elite wrestling to come together. What is all elite wrestling, you ask? Well, if you're listening to the show, you probably know already, but for some of you that don't, uh, all elite wrestling is rumored to be, we don't even have anything official about this yet, by the way, but... Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Chris Jericho, Jim Ross, and uh, the gentleman who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, as well as, I believe, a British football team, as well as he owns the stadium that the Jaguars play in. Uh, Basically, it's a guy who has a lot of fucking money, uh, are all coming together. Way more money than you. (laughs) Right. Oh, way more money than all of us combined a thousand times over. Um are coming together to uh, to create All Elite Wrestling, uh, which is basically kind of the spinoff of after what happened when All In uh, was such a success. Okay. Um, the question that I, I give to both of you, and Shelly, I'll give it to you first, should WWE be scared about All Elite Wrestling and, and what might be coming? Or is this possibly just another pretender to the throne? Well, I equate this to... How I deal with all my baseball friends who get mad at me. We are diehard Yankees fans. And have been for a long time. Long time. I gotta love them when it's good, when it's bad. Right. All the time. They're the big evil empire, right? Like, they're the marching imperial song. Like, that's us. Hey, fuck you guys. We got enough money. We can, like, we're in the game. I am all about healthy competition. I think the worst thing that ever happened into the WWE is having no one to compete against. Swallowing your competition doesn't make for excitement. So I'm, I'm about it. I'm like, bring it. I hope another owner gets involved. Like, bring it to TV. Put it up against their stuff. In a way that isn't dysfunctional anymore, like TNA. So, like... <laughs> We all know, we've all seen it. There's even some good stuff on TNA. I can't even lie that there's not some good wrestling there. I'm saying that they can't overcome the stink of of ugh, of what they got going on in the back. It's it's a terrible thing when the stuff in the back poisons the stuff out front. But that's what's happened there. So bring in some new guys who are killing it. We're killing it. Who know what they're doing? Who will put forth a product? That can rival it. And then we get to sit back and watch some great-ass wrestling happen. Then they gotta up the ante and it doesn't have to be for stupid stuff. Right. I'm about it. Zach, what are your thoughts on all elite wrestling? Well, I hope it does come to fruition. I hope that it's not some, like, goofy thing. Like, I hope it's not like, oh, to bring up attendance at the Jaguar Stadium, there's gonna be a wrestling night. Like, I hope it's... Yeah, I hope it's not that either. I hope, we're, I hope we're not all, like, reading too much into it. Um, I remember there being a quote after All In was a success that Cody Rhodes said that he had no interest in running a wrestling company because as he grew up, he saw his father throw $3 million into a hole. Um, 
if it ends up that this is the case, that it's like, no, it's a new company. I think it's funny that, like, the parentheses after that quote is, but if somebody else wants to throw money into a hole, well, then who am I to stop them? Um, I think I, I think that's the case. Yeah. Well, I, I if they do decide to run something like that, you know, I, I hate to quote him, but Jim Cornette, when explaining the Attitude Era, he always just said, well, you know what, you go through hot and cold periods, and when you're... When you're cold, nothing you can do is right. And when you're hot, nothing you can do is wrong. So I feel like if the elite were to go in that direction and go like, nope, we're doing a whole company, and da, 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 they're already in the hot period. So anything that they book is immediately going to get eyeballs on it, is immediately going to sell out. Like, they would have to really, really like, long-term fuck things up to not go in with immediate momentum. Mm-hmm. Like, they would have to be like, it's nothing but disqualifications every match for ten shows before people would be like, yeah, that's kind of bullshit. I don't think I want to watch this anymore. <laughs> like, that's how much clout they have. Now, my biggest... Like I said, I, I, I hope it is. I hope it is, like, another competition for WWE. I hope it's something... Now... Even if it is, let's say it, it goes like gangbusters and like, oh my god, yes, they're actually competing. I think WWE will treat them just like they treat TNA and they'll just ignore them. I don't think there's going to, unless unless they really start digging into like the the ratings for some reason or, or they really take away from the network subscriptions or something. Right. I think they'll just I think WWE's just made it a you know, they don't negotiate with terrorists. So like I, I don't think WWE is going to be like, oh, no. I think they're going to be like, well, we're not going to talk about them. Well, I think, um, I think what WWE will do is they won't negotiate with the terrorists. They'll try to hire a bunch of the terrorists out of under the main terrorists, though. Now, um, why would they ever do something like that Right. So in the UK? Anyway. Right. <laughs> but um, can, we can we talk about that, that real quick? quick? Yeah. Well, here, get, put your thoughts out for the elite thing, and let's talk about that real quick. Oh, no, I, I mean, I listen, I, I I think we can just kind of cap it with, I think we all agree. I hope it's I hope it's legitimate. Um, I think my biggest question is, part of the reason that All In worked so well, beyond it just being the challenge of it, from, you know, the, the whole Dave Meltzer challenge with Cody Rhodes, um, but they had a lot of different companies that were working together to allow talent to wrestle on this one-time special all-in show. So if they're going to make it a full company, I my biggest question would be is, how agreeable is New Japan going to be in letting, you know, Okada come over and wrestle for them? How agreeable is TNA going to be to have Brian Cage come over? Uh, you know, how agreeable is AAA going to be to have you know, um, Pentagon come over. Um, you know, guys like Joey Ryan are one thing who have kind of made the independent their thing like the Bucks have. But for those guys that are under contract right now with other companies, I, I just question if they, my biggest concern would be can they catch lightning in the bottle a second time on a full company oh. scale with the amount of, like with the amount of kind of dream match type situations they put together. Well, well good point. point. If a wrestling company called Pro Wrestling Gorilla did not exist. True. Because 
basically that's how Pearls and Gorilla has existed for the last five years. They stopped trying to do like stories and serious wrestling. They were just like, I don't know, dream matches every show. Why not? So clearly, if there's enough money to be made, everybody just sort of shuts up and goes along with it. True. So you know, if you, I really think it's how much how much money is in the initial adventure. Like, right. you gotta go in with a certain amount of capital to know that you can acquire some of those people out of their contracts. Well, and so, which is why you bring in King, King Jacksonville Jaguars, exactly. who may, may not, not know a damn thing, thing about wrestling, wrestling but, you know, you can Scrooge McDuck it in his swimming pool, so that might get, you know, that might be the answer to that. That may be why they waited, because, you know, normally you would be like, well, All In was a success, why wouldn't you just launch right from there? Well, maybe they were looking for a stooge, I mean, I mean a, business a business partner, partner uh, uh, to foot the bill, and then, and then you, know, you know, they knew they, they had the clout. So, so like, like I said, I fingers crossed that it's something, even if it doesn't compete with WWE, just having another really great brand is awesome. Fingers crossed that it's not just like, oh, the first 10,000 fans to Jacksonville Jaguar show get a little Cody Rhodes bobblehead. Like, let's hope it's actually something decent and not that. Well, they gotta put Cheeks and seats in Jacksonville too. They got to put up some good stuff that's not happening yeah. right now. It better be the best damn bobblehead I've ever seen. Better jump up and kiss me in the mouth when I walk in the room. So you wanted to segue over to the WWE UK of the. Well, yeah, as you pointed out, like what kind of a monster would go and try to lock down a bunch of talent and uh, try to like exclude them from the rest of the world? Anyway, unrelated topic: the UK. Uh, it was just announced, A, that Walter has been uh, signed to WWE, snatched by WWE, and uh, in sort of a, uh, a release to the talent, uh, anybody who is working NXT UK and their upcoming uh, TakeOver show in the UK, which is monumental, um, you're not allowed to wrestle anywhere else except for WWE and the two WWE partner companies. Uh, ICW in progress. If you wrestle for, you, you cannot wrestle for any other uh, UK company. Too bad, so sad. And uh, so that's kind of taken a lot of people. A lot of people have clutched pearls about that because we're sort of getting into this um, coaching season, as we as they call it, for WWE. Meaning that they are going through and they're grabbing a lot of great indie talent. And, and a lot of people are sort of running for the hills and thinking that the Indies might be dead. dead. Um, I do want to mention, and again, we've been so, so very good about not stepping on your toes or naming names or getting people mad at us. So I'm going to try to continue that trend. But when, when the news comes out that WWE is clamping down on the UK and saying, no, 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 you don't get the rest of everybody else except for us now, and... The world goes, uh-oh, is this bad for the indies? Having people who are on the payroll for WWE come out and say, no, everybody, that's a wonderful thing, let's not be upset about it, rings a little hollow. However, as Luna and I discussed earlier today, losing top talent in the indies all at once is not the end of the world, it is more the circle of life. Right. Because... If, if that, that didn't happen, happen every couple of years, then nothing would progress. progress. Right. We would, we would still, still be talking about, hey, the only guys in the main event are Gargano and Ricochet and Chris Hero and da 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 We would have never seen, like, maybe 
Kenny and, and Cody, Cody kind of get more, get more spotlight because you get the sort of top tier crop, crop that goes bye bye, and then that leaves room for everybody else to move up. So again, it's not the end of the world; it's more just a circle of life. Yeah. No, at, at some point, some of these, some of the the top name talent, like you said, have to have to be hired up and moved on or go somewhere else, so that we can get other you know other people to come through here. Um, the funny part is, I actually don't think that. For me, at least, maybe because he mostly seems to wrestle more on the West Coast, um, the loss of Walter from the independent scene doesn't affect me nearly as much as some of the other people that have been signed recently. Um, and it's nothing against Walter, who I think is an amazing talent, and congratulations for getting signed. There was rumor he got signed six months ago, the same time Keith Lee did. Um, uh-huh. But I, I mean, for the UK, that's going to be huge. Um, as for WWE kind of locking down everybody, I, I don't know why anybody's ever really surprised by this. Yeah, I feel um, like I feel like we always put some emotional attachment into this situation when we know that this is a business. So, like, at probably. some point, he has a bunch of independent contractors. He's trying to keep them from going elsewhere. He knows other guys are sniffing around, which is great. I want him nervous. I'm cool if he tried to lock these dudes up, because that shows me he's a little nervous. Hmm. That he knows that maybe some competition is coming. He's trying to keep it announced. I promise you, if those guys get a different or more interesting deal, maybe one that allows them to do other things, uh, something else will look exciting. You right. just... You gotta give it space to grow. And, 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 to, like, and to tie these two together, if that's what all elite wrestling can do is find a way to give people this major national spotlight area while still finding a way to get them to work other places um, with little restriction, that's going to make them look very, very interesting to the talent they'd be talking to. And quite honestly, I would be surprised in that instance if you look at some of the really good talent that WWE simply doesn't seem to have a spot for. Mm-hmm. That could be something bigger. The big yeah. one I actually heard for this one recently was um, the uh, the tag team of the Revival, um, okay. who have yeah. gotten injured a few times and have been kind of fallen out of the tag team loop. But they are talented as hell. If somehow they were suddenly out of their contract, well, the Revival used to be a whole big thing on being the elite with you know with Cody and the Bucks and all those guys. Because they used to make a whole big joke about fuck the revival. Well, okay, so if they're obviously buddies and have already got this type of setup, if the revival walks into all elite wrestling, it's it's you know again to use a quote I've used earlier, it's going to be like Hogan in '84 when they come out. It's the the place right. is going to go crazy because it's a talent that wasn't being used properly in WWE might get used well now in this new company. So. I, I think that's maybe why I'm always excited when we hear about maybe a new big fed is because I'm right. like, everyone needs some competition. I just think if you don't know that you're the top half of the company, you won't sell it. Right. So, like, you got to know you're the cream of the crop. Hmm. Right? And I think those guys can know that and then be like, okay, let me see what else I can do. Right. So, I think it keeps it fresh. I think it keeps them... Moving forward, so yay! Hope more wrestling. I hope we get to see more UK wrestling. I think that 
Well, the, is something that I push for. The UK, the NXT UK takeover should be very interesting. I will definitely say that much, and I'm, I'm hoping some uh, British talent that may have been on the show before makes an appearance on it. So, very cool. Which, by the way, speaking of said British talent that has been on the show before, uh, he had like the quote of the day. Which was, uh, in regards to what we talked about earlier, which I swore we wouldn't go back to, uh, about uh, paying your dues versus uh, knowing your worth. Uh, that particular British talent said, my greatest advice to young wrestlers in Florida is get good enough so that you can get the fuck out of Florida. Right. So, which I was like, mm, not wrong. So, um, yeah, I think, I think overall it's, it's not going to be a big deal. It'll be fine. And, and as one of said earlier, worst case scenario is if they go to WWE and, and they don't have anything for them, they'll be out eventually. Right. And have them back in the Indies again. It's not like it's a life sentence. Speaking of the Indies, I... Life sentences? Life No, not life sentences. I got to go to Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling's end of their end of the year show, Deadlock. Uh, that was. Oh, damn it. I, thought I thought it was lockdown. That's why I was trying to like alley oop it there. That's my <laughs> apologies. That's that didn't work. work. But uh, they had a a very good show at a very at a very weird location. They uh, they have a gr- a great setup at this place. Uh, for those of you that are in the Tampa area, uh, the Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling Company wrestles out of a place called the Big Top, which is a really big fucking flea market uh, in mm-hmm. in the Tampa area. Uh, it's a, Ooh, it's a, loosely Tampa. Loosely. Yeah, uh, Temple Terrace, Sona Sassa, kind of weird area. Um, it, it's a bit of an odd location, but they've got a good setup in there now. Um, but if you want to buy, like, really old toys or uh, a knife um, or a rebel flag and then catch a good wrestling show, the big top is for you. Um, I am amazed every time we go. By the ingenuity of man to make an object seem appealing for a task that is simply ridiculous. Right. Like, there's a specialty thing you can buy there that will wipe your eyeglasses for you when you need to clean them, which is a completely unnecessary tool. Right. Like, you have two fingers. <laughs> I don't understand right. what this was for. But, uh, but you can but, find anything. But uh, excellent show there. Uh uh, main event of the show that evening was Shane Strickland, uh, who possibly almost, almost also might be on his way to NXT if rumors are I true. Know. That um, would be cool. Taking on former guest of the IndyCast, Troy Hollywood, yes. uh, in a match that uh, Shane Strickland's manager, and interestingly enough, also former guest of the IndyCast, uh, Montese, uh, talked to Strickland about how, or, or talked to. Um, Troy earlier in early in the show before the match about how Troy's on one level, but Strickland's on another. And sometimes you need matches like this to try to bring you up to that next level, whether you win or lose. And it was actually a really good point because obviously like I said, Strickland has been on national television, um, is a huge name talent in the independent scene. Has uh, been on the IndyCast. Yeah. Um, well, that's obviously his highlight. And so, really liked right. it. So, yeah, every yeah. all three of them had a great time on the show. Actually, I know, we're awesome. But we are awesome. But uh, yay us. But um, but yeah, this was definitely kind of Troy's like level up match. So mm-hmm. win or lose, this was going to be the match that kind of gave him an idea of where he's at. And the match was amazing. I highly recommend going out to find uh, 
to find the show. Look up Tampa Bay Pro on Facebook. When they release it on DVD, I know they sell DVDs. You, uh-huh. should, you should pick it up immediately. Um, also very proud to see a uh, friend of the IndyCast and uh, artist of the IndyCast, uh, one Mr. Buckshot. Is their uh, is their ring announcer? So I, I gotta just say real quick, quick is, is he not, not fantastic, fantastic at, 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 at ring announcing? Buckshot was uh, is a it was really good. I was very impressed because Buckshot. So you know, a little inside baseball here. Buckshot's kind of a low key, easygoing, easy to talk to type of dude, but he would not a, be he's about, about as mellow as they make him. Yeah, but and would not be the one you would expect to be go into like super ring announcer mode. But boy, when he goes from being Buckshot to to James Michaels, and by the way, again, Buckshot, if you're listening, sorry I shoot named you at the beginning of the I show. I mean, all over the place. <laughs> Goodness. Well, I didn't know he didn't go by another name, so I'm like, woo, Buckshot. And he's like, hello, everybody, I'm James Michaels. And I'm like, shit, I should have waited. So, um, But no, Buck was amazing, uh, kept, the, kept the show running really well, even in some really weird situations, like they had a... Uh, they had uh, uh, something that I would love other companies to steal. They actually did basically a Royal Rumble. So we have to picture You want them to steal that? Well, no, no, no. Let, like me, let me finish. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, Chad, Chad, we did, did that at the end of Punk Pro last time. <laughs> no. Dick. No, but they, so they started with five people, <laughs> and every two minutes, it was a 20-man Rumble, but every five, every two minutes, they did another five-person wave of people coming in instead of bringing them out one at a time. Oh, and I thought that was right. I thought that was kind of interesting to like have a you know a kind of a gang rush of people come in, you know, all at once. Now the hard part for poor for poor uh, James Michaels, uh, aka our buddy Buckshot. That's what I'm saying. That's a lot was, of names to say all at once. Was was trying to get like everybody's name as they were coming out and and hitting them at the right time. He did a great job of it, but I could see how it would be confusing that suddenly like. They they tried to like have them come out one at a time in the wave, but yeah, it was a. Uh, but it was actually well, a really also, cool concept. It also, it also helps that that Buckshot could eat peanuts off of anybody's head in the locker room, room uh, because, because he's eight feet tall. tall. So, so I'm sure he could literally just stand and point at them, like, all right, it's him, 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 and him. Yeah, yeah. great. So, uh, a couple other uh, great things I, I want to point out on this one here. There. Um, uh, uh, friends of ours, uh, also who've been on who've been on the podcast, I'm going to put us over all over the place today. I swear, uh, the Coda, who are the their tag champions, right. uh, fought a, against a team that I, I kind of want to know more about. This team called the Frat Pack, who I'm starting to see more and more of lately, uh, and that was a pretty fun that was a pretty fun match that ended in a huge pull apart brawl um, at the end of it that uh, that did involve uh one KG uh Caden Green. Uh basically just turning it into a mosh pit after a while there. He's like, We're all out here. I'm just gonna start slamming into people until I find the people I want to actually beat up. It was pretty cool. Um so great match great match on that one that'll set up another one for him at some point. Uh Hunter Law was on the show uh and fought uh Rod Grimes okay. in what was a really excellent match in in one of my favorite uh kind of heelish moments, Hunter comes out uh, being the good guy and gives a kid in the front row his shirt. Very cool. Which is very cool. The kid's excited. He's got this shirt that Hunter Law was just wearing. Rod Grimes steps out of the ring, grabs the shirt, throws it, but it flies into such a position that it's over these metal doors that uh, let you in and out, but it's these big rolling metal doors. Now nobody can get to the shirt. Rod, oh, no. Rod Grimes has pulled the biggest heel move ever. He has taken the shirt from a child and thrown it in such a place that nobody can get it. God bless Hunter Law, though, immediately leaves the ring, 
goes to his merch table, grabs one of his other shirts, brings it to him and says, make sure this jerk doesn't get him this time, and then goes on to the match, which I thought that, was wonderful. But, but, the, but like, I had to stifle my laughter when Rod Grimes threw it in such a place that he, he the, nobody could reach it. I'm sorry, I'm having a really proud heel moment right there. Like, he snatched a shirt from a kid and then went, nada! Yeah. And that is... Gangster, he has right. to hold that the whole right. rest of the time. Like that kid's boring eyes into him. That kid's parents are like, "We hate you," <laughs> and he's got to hold tight. I love it. I love that That's kind great. of heel. Just no. Oh, if I'm, if I'm Grimes, I'm definitely asking for that footage. I'm like, "That's going in the highlight reel, right. Like, right. as well." It should. Um, I'm trying to think uh, some of the other matches on that show. I, I, I wish I had written them written them down on this one. I can tell you, uh, yeah, it was an excellent. It was a really great show, though. Um, I will give him credit. Middle of the afternoon show is a little weird sometimes. Yeah. Show started at 12-ish. Because uh, indi- so. independent wrestling never starts on time. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't um, think so. <laughs> none. No show I've ever been to independent-wise I think has ever started on time. It's just the way it goes. Um, but a lot of great talent, a lot of great people to, to look up on this one here. Uh, there was actually a really good match. There's another one with uh, Snoop Strikes yeah. uh, taking on... Uh, uh, one of Zach Romero's favorite announce uh, announced people uh, who happens to host his own show, uh, the natural Danny Vincent. They actually uh, fought each other in a, in a, in a match, um, which was weird because um, for those that don't know, Danny Vincent, when Zach gets to announce him is like the host of his own talk show. Uh, and he is the biggest jerk in the world. Well, obviously independent professional wrestling being what it is. Sometimes there are, uh, you know, other worlds where <laughs> people different, universe. different universes where people might react differently. And he's a good guy here. <laughs> and poor, you know, me and the princess of the, of the uh, peanut gallery, Cheyenne, uh, both immediately started booing him loudly because that's what we're used to doing to figure out a little <laughs> later that he was a good guy in this too. And we felt <laughs> like jerks. Uh, so, I love Danny Vincent. If you're listening to this episode, we apologize. Rod Grimes, Rod Grimes throws a child's shirt up, and you cheer. Your your daughter is cheering the hell out of David Mercury, who is the science devil, right? And everybody's favorite lovable guy, Danny Vincent, comes out, and you two boo the shit out of him. You you have pretty much hit our evening to a hole right there. Yes, sir. That is absolutely 100 percent correct. I would uh, expect, expect nothing, nothing less. less. By the way, I would like to state for the record, speaking of David Mercury here real quick, uh, I do want to give him credit for one more wonderful thing that he does. Uh, he is the champion of Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling, and he actually uh, does not carry the belt out or wear the belt. Uh, they wrap it up in a biohazard bag, which I thought was mwah, the most beautiful piece <laughs> of like character I've ever seen in my life. Oh, oh Chad, Chad, I was, I was there, there when he won, won it. He beat Danny, Danny Vincent, Vincent for that, that title. Oh, did he now? And, and as soon as he won it, uh, his assistant, uh, Wiley Jean, grabbed two medical tongs and picked the title up and put it in the bag, and it hasn't left the bag since. It did make it out of the bag so that the referee could hold it up, but as soon as uh, Mercury won the belt, he immediately like yelled at, at uh, Wiley Jean for, a, for the biohazard bag back out, and it immediately went back into the bag. Excellent. Excellent. Wonderful. Excellent. Wonderful stuff. But great show. Look it up. Uh, top quality. 
Um, last thing we're going to hit here real quick because we are hitting the end of our, our show time here. Completely off wrestling subject, but... Uh, I was just going to say, it wouldn't be an episode of the IndyCast if we didn't go completely off topic of wrestling. Yes. So yeah, let's hit this last moment. I'm, I'm excited to hear the... Uh, I'm hoping there's some uh, airing of the grievances here by the Allen household. Actually, I, I don't know how many grievances I have here. Disney... Uh, in 2019, uh, had released basically their uh, calendar of events for movies for next year. Oh, nice. Um, and I don't have them in in, uh, in order of time frame here, but just to give you an idea of some of the movies that they have coming out next year, obviously Avengers 4, probably the big one for everybody here. Right. Uh, the live-action Aladdin, the sort of live-action Lion King, because it's not actual lions, so they're right. still animated. The sort of live-action Dumbo, again, mostly the same thing, because Dumbo's not actually there. Uh, the next Star Wars movie, uh, Toy Story 4, Frozen 2, Artemis Fowl, and the, uh, which everybody's starting to make a big deal about, mm-hmm. uh, and the one that I know Shelly's all excited about because it's got her boy The Rock in it, The Jungle Cruise, um, all come out next year. And then on top of that, if we want to kind of almost put it to next year, they have the new Mary Poppins movie that comes out, I believe, in December. So, so. Uh, we've got a lot to go there. There's a lot of money that we're going to sadly end up giving to Disney next year, as if they don't have enough. <laughs> they have a lot um, on our cash. So, based off of that movie listing there, Zach Romero, which movie are you most excited to go to the movie theater and see, and which one do you want to dodge? Uh, well, uh, uh, as anybody who ever follows the other podcast I appear on, Frightful Fitters, knows, uh, very rarely do I make it out to a movie theater, despite the fact that I live less than probably two football fields away from a movie theater. Uh, but, nevertheless, uh, Avengers 4, I don't even need to see a trailer for. Like, they could just have a movie poster that's just... Completely black that just has the date and says that would be enough. There. That's and that's all I need. That's all I fucking need. I don't need pictures of anybody. I don't need like oh no, no. I don't give a shit. I will be there. I promise you. I'm gonna have a fucking Avengers promise ring. I'm there. Don't even worry about it. Um, Mary Poppins. Um, Lynn Manuel is in it, so I will probably be going with Luna. Um. I was pretty shitty about Lion King, but then I saw that the teaser trailer was nearly shot for shot of the original animated teaser, so I'm like, eh, I'll probably end up watching that. Couldn't care less about Dumbo. Um, I enjoyed Last Jedi, so I'm I'm partially erect for the next Star Wars movie. Um, Toy Story 4, I'm like, we had a pretty good wrap-up in 3. Um, and I, and I forgot what other ones you mentioned. So. Uh, Frozen Two. Oh well, I didn't see the first one, so I super don't give a shit about the second. Uh, oh, and then and then Jungle Cruise. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to see where that's gonna go because, like, the Haunted Mansion movie is not great. Uh, Tomorrowland was not great. Uh, I believe they made a Tower of Terror one, didn't they? Oh yeah, with uh, with um. Steve Gutenberg, yes, in Tower of Terror. Uh, that one was awful. So not huge track record going into. Basically, you've got Pirates of the Caribbean. That's it. That's the success. Yeah. Everything else <laughs> in the By the way, Zachary, I think we I think we've unlocked something here that we hadn't pondered before. 
Uh, I believe you need to do a movie review. I, you need to do a, a list of movie reviews based on Disney movie rides that have been absolutely horrible. I, <laughs> I could. I really, I really could. could. You, and the, 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 the caveat, caveat will be, be I will do the review, the review on the ride. ride. That would we, We're going to make that happen. That would be amazing. <laughs> now, if they could just make a Carousel of Progress ride so we could. Uh, that's, that's true. true. If they, they make a movie on that, I'll start it. Oh, my God. I'll sleep. Uh, it's the best sleep So, ever. honey, what, what's the one movie you really want to see? What's the one movie you could skip on that list? Well, I, I think we have to put Avengers 4 in its own category. Like, okay. Like, I have to complete the story. Like, you right. can't... Yeah, that is must-see. Like, you can't not see it. But we all know that I'm a sci-fi fanatic. True. I am a Star Wars... Like, I bleed it. It's terrible. Chad will wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm out here binge-watching, like, Star Wars stuff again. He's... he's very disheartened when I'm here watching Rogue One for the 30th time. Um, I can't wait to see it. Because I've been waiting a lifetime to finish this god dang story. I want to see it ended. Like, I just want to see where they go. I'm cool. I will take all the plot holes or whatever. Whatever. Go with it. I want to finish that. Uh, again, this might be surprising. Dumbo can suck it. Okay. Uh, I'm a little concerned about Frozen 2. I feel like they made some really cute shorts. They could have cut it right there. I don't know what else we need to know. Um, you know we're going to be at that opening weekend, right? Yeah, no, I know. Here's the thing we, 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 about Frozen 2. I, I would go see it, see it if they, they end, end up actually, actually doing, doing what they were going, going to do originally and make Elsa the bad guy. guy. That will never happen. If, that was, if it was like Frozen 2, we're actually going to go through with it this time, catchy songs be damned. Then, then I would be like, like okay, you've got my interest. Yeah, so there's no money in that. There's no upside. <laughs> there's I'm, no upside I'm, for I'm, Disney to make her a I'm villain. Say, I am actually just interested. Possessed by the ghost of Michael Eisner. There's no money. No money. money. No money. Yeah. Now, I am interested to see if they pull the trigger because there has been quiet rumors, little rumbles, of Elsa having a girlfriend. What? Which yeah, that'd be great. will set some people off their fucking rockers because heaven forbid Elsa be gay. Uh, and in fact, for those of you that watched the Thanksgiving Day parade, the Macy's parade this year, oh no, uh, they always have a little bit at the first hour where it's Broadway musicals doing like numbers out on the street there. And one of the ones that they did was a show called Prom, uh, which is based off the true story of a school that tried to shut an entire prom down. So that this one lesbian couple wouldn't come to the prom together. And so the school just held their own prom. Like the students came together and just made a prom. Right. To basically give a big double middle finger to it. Well, the end of the number at the uh, at, at the at this show here was the lesbian couple kissing. It was pretty quick. It was quick. It was Down camera. But oh my god. Are some people flipping out like it's the end of the fucking world? And yeah, it was, yeah, like, it was like, more like a pet. They didn't like make out. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't more than any other right. small PDA that you would see during the movie. Right. It wasn't. I have like, to it say, wasn't like we suddenly flipped over to X hamster or anything. Right. We. <laughs> Our daughter was watching. She did indeed ask me. She looked at me and was like, "Mom, do those two girls kiss?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she was like, "Cool." And rolled. Like, and that was the end of it. Nobody needs to ask. Look, children are simple creatures. 
hey, that happened, and you can move right on. Right. You can go, hey, you can have fruit snacks now, and it'll erase <laughs> the last two hours of their life. That's not wrong. I'm just saying, they're... they're... I want fruit snacks now. Calm down. Is it not... Is it not... Would you not say that it's similar to... to... When, when they get, get when, when a kid, when a kid, kid gets hurt, and, and it's like if you like if they scrape their knee, knee, and they always, and they always say like if you don't, don't freak out, out then they won't freak out, right? right. And that's so, true. So same kind of, kind of same kind of philosophy. Yeah. Hey, these two ladies kissed on TV for a second. Well, if you don't go bananas, yeah, nobody else is going to care. No, I mean if if you're already indoctrinating your children with like this is bad, they're just going to keep agreeing. Right. Okay, they're agreeable creatures at that age. They're like, okay, and move on. You go, that's horrible. And they'll go, yeah, ma. And then they'll go, oh, hey, look, that's a that's a Dragon Ball Z right. balloon. Yeah, it's like, a Dragon Ball Z balloon. Come on, they're gonna move on. Just let them see some other stuff. It's. I think we need to come to terms with this. If we allow it in a lot of a lot of states, the tide is turning. Right. They'll, they'll get washed in. They'll they'll be fine. So, uh, to get back on the subject here briefly so we can wrap up everything here. Uh, you're right, Avengers 4 has to go into a, into a category oh, unto itself. but I did have a very surprising thing about these categories, oh, okay. these movies. Everyone knows that I'm a huge rock fan. Man, the worst ride I have to go through is Jungle Cruise. Like, the worst ride. It's horrendously hot. I, oh, it's miserable for me. Mm, that might be a rental. I don't know if I need to go. Yes. Yeah. So we can we can skip the rental. We've already had long conversations on this show in the past about how much I hate the Jungle Cruise. Right. And but every time know. we go with Mama Maximus, we have to get on the Jungle Cruise uh, because it's her second favorite ride now. It has moved down to her second favorite ride um, because she keeps saying Pirates is now her favorite ride. So I'm okay with okay. that. Um, uh, other than Avengers and other than Star Wars, which I think are obvious ones. Um, I think I, I'm actually interested for Toy Story 4 the most really? because both Tom Hanks and Tim Allen have come out and said that recording the ending of that was so emotional they could barely get through it. So now I want to know what, what the big deal was. They could be completely working me, and if they are, I kind of hope yeah, they I are. Say, that sounds, sounds like, like you're getting, getting worked, worked, kid. I, yeah. I might be getting worked, but guess what? The, the, work, the work worked, and they're going to... They're gonna, I'm going to money mark my way right up to the front row of that theater. And <laughs> working yourself into a shit. That's right. I just, man, that's great. You can take the kids. I will gladly take the kids. And, uh, yeah, I might, uh, I might marinate at home. That's I don't fine. know. I feel like we could rent that and it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, the kids aren't missing no. anything. Uh, Zachariah, any shit you want to get in? Uh, uh, there's ooh, a, there's a, uh, the Rex Bacchus Cripple Fight 3 Benefit Show, uh, raising, uh, raising money for Rex's cancer, cancer treatment, is uh, next Friday, Friday the 7th. 7th. Um, Brutal Bob, Bob Evans is coming. There's gonna, the, the bomb, bomb shelter. shelter. There are so many. Yeah, like, the name of the show should have just been so many goddamn wrestlers. Yeah, there are so many wrestlers coming to the show. The last one was absolutely buck wild. And, and uh, uh, there was a there was a, there was a Royal Rumble for a T-shirt. t-shirt. It, was it was nuts. Um, Eddie Torres is going to fight uh, Jay Rios for the first time, which is like my birthday came early. It's going to be nuts. So it's December the seventh, Gulf Event Center. All the money raised is going to Rex's cancer treatment. Um, 
I think the doors open at 6.30-ish. Show is supposed to start at 8. Uh, I'll, be I'll be doing ring announcing there, and, there. and uh, uh, the show's going to be crazy, crazy. so you definitely should come out and see that. Yeah. And, and uh, we, we just got done with some Black Friday, Friday insanity at Fully Gimmicked. gimmicked. Uh, um, we, we do have a couple of the Ophidian pins that just dropped, thanks to Pollyanna. Uh, we've got a small amount of those. And so, uh, yeah, FullyGimmicked.com, go look at that shit. And if you're a wrestler who needs merch, talk to Fully Gimmicked, even if you don't end up doing it. Like I said on online today, I don't give a shit if wrestlers are making merch in their living rooms. Just goddamn sell stuff. Make money, please. You're great people. There you go. Right. And I actually don't have any shit to get in other than keep listening to the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Uh, I believe the Hammerfist Boys should be uh, debuting their uh, their new show here pretty soon. That's true. So the Power, the power Hour. Look out for the Power Hour. Uh, and uh, and Monster of the Week, we just did a new episode, a new mystery yeah. there uh, this last week for Thanksgiving. Um, There's an awesome yeah. Golden Guys episode up yep. right now. Check it out. Hell it was yeah. a really good listen. So, Oh, yeah, and we almost forgot the, the King of the IndyCast tournament. Yes. Uh, third round just dropped on YouTube. Uh, Brian Cage versus Danny Birch. And uh, Chad and I basically, we, we do two things. We shit all over the creative wrestler Martin Stone, and we shit all over ourselves because that match is unbelievable. That match is really good. <laughs> that is a surprisingly good match set up by WWE 2K18 when we just let it go. Uh, Very good match, and also we shit all over that creative wrestler. The whole first <laughs> half is just us riffing all over this thing that I downloaded for free. Like, <laughs> we're the biggest dicks, but whatever. It's it's a really <laughs> bad it's a really bad Martin Stone though. It's just the way it goes. Or Danny Birch. Sorry, sorry, Danny Martin. Whichever. Don't. Danny don't Martin. beat you up. Anyway, don't okay. beat me up. Don't beat me up. Give me more than six minutes, please. Um, right, exactly. So, uh, well then, everybody, uh, thank you once again, as always, for listening to the IndieCast. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, until next time, everybody. Uh, I am, as always, Coculus Maximus. I'm Booby Fat. And I am the sexually aggressive koala. And until next time, everybody, we always say... Deuces! Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Greetings, everybody. Chad Allen here from the IndieCast. Uh, well, I guess, obviously, they're listening to the show. Uh, here to talk to you about Phil Singer Games. Uh, I know you've probably heard us talk about it uh, before if you're a listener of the episode, but if you're not, Phil Singer Games for over 30 years has been the top wrestling card and dice role-playing style game that's on the market right now. An absolute blast to play uh, if you play the Champions of the Galaxy version, where you can pretend to be one of the many stars from the future and battle them out, to legends of uh, today from here on Earth with guys like Andre the Giant and the Road Warriors, or to the most recent independent up-and-comers. You can play any single one of them, or you can even play them against each other. It gives you the chance to have those dream matches you never thought you wanted to see until right this moment. And you can find out all about it on philsingergames.com. There are hundreds of wrestlers to choose from. Tell them the IndyCast sent you. Go to philsingergames.com. Hello? Hope I don't poop today. Oh, God.
God, just shove it in my face. I'm ready to greet the day, you <laughs> fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are. We're touching wieners. Not touching wieners true. professionally. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. So, hey, Zach Romero, I bet you didn't know this. This is supposed to be a rest.